Okay. Um, and we're going to talk about sex toys. Absolutely. So a good chunk of this is going to end up as um, audio commentary for the movie, too. So I'm being a little bit more um, in the beginning here, kind of uh, cavalier and talking to the audience as well. Um, That's fine. Because mm -hmm. I figured if I'm going to have audio commentary, I'd like to have an audio expert like you. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's talk about in terms of, uh, of, of yourself and the world of audio and uh, uh, sex toys, I guess describe who you are, what it is you do, and, and you know, the whole spiel. Okay. Okay. Um, well, let's see. I'm Chloe Love, and I started as a phone sex operator a couple of years ago. And the background on that is um, I, I'm a writer, and I was kind of searching for something more interesting to write about. I felt like, like a lot of writers searching for a topic. Everybody's done that. Everybody's been there. And at the same time, I'm, I'm a very sexual person. And I had this like just deep interest in phone sex and the fact that it still existed and, uh, you know, what it was and what people would ask of me. So I started doing phone sex and writing a blog. And eventually that turned into a podcast where I talked to people about their different sexual journeys and the paths that they take. So, so, um, I guess the question all, all writers have when they hear, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm mostly in the world of nonfiction, so I don't always consider myself a true writer, but, um, mm -hmm. in nonfiction's tough, it, it works. It's, it's tough, but I have the benefit of using other people's ideas as my own. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we don't call it plagiarism. We, we call it, uh, documenting. So, mm -hmm. um, I guess the question is how, when you went into it, if you can give it a percentage, even if that's, uh, but it might not be able to be, you know, quantified that way. How much of it was, I'm doing this for research and how much of it was like, oh, if this writing thing doesn't work out, like I enjoy this so much. And I, I think this is, you know, what, what level, what level was, was each when you went into it? Well, I think it was probably in some ways about equal. I um, I kind of stumbled upon it. I was having actually a, a, a dirty DM conversation with a friend, and he said, you would make a great phone sex operator. And I, I think the thought of that and the thought of doing something that was a little bit crazy was really appealing to me, and I used writing about it as an excuse to get into it. Uh, you know, out of curiosity, I, w I wanted to do it probably more than anything else. So, but I, I really didn't know what, I had no reference to what phone sex would be like as a job. And so everything was kind of scary and new and, and uh, unexpected. And I, I really liked that in general in life to put myself in positions like that. So I'd say the majority of it was the sex and the risk taking and, you know, something new and different. And writing was kind of my, you know, my excuse to do it. So... You know that's a, that's an interesting way to 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 say that because it, we sometimes as people and this is me being very lofty but that assumption mm -hmm. that we're being honest with ourselves you know at the moment did you feel as though you know you probably as what I'm getting from this is you were saying to yourself like oh this is a writing thing like I'm doing this as a writing thing but really what you wanted to be was you wanted to be at the level where you could say like oh no, I, I, I like this as a sex thing. Like you, you wanted to get there, but it was easier to, to do a little bit of, of jumping around in your mind. 
Sure, absolutely. And and justification, I think, in a way, you know, I mean, um, without knowing what to expect and putting yourself out there, it's like, oh, I'm a phone sex operator. I didn't even really know what that meant. So to articulate it in my head at the time before I started uh, was just very difficult. I, w- I was very attracted to the idea of it and, and you know, what, what it would be and kind of the risk, like I said, the risk factor in it. Uh, writing is just, um, writing's always my cover for trying new things or immersing myself into a situation. So, yeah, <laughs> um, it's been quite a journey. <laughs> I've, I've, uh, I've done some, some pieces on, you know, the idea of, of cyber sex and things like that. And um, I guess one of the things that this m- movie is covering is the idea of male sex toys. It's a big, it's a big part of it. And mm-hmm. th- that idea of, of, of dirty talk is definitely uh, a great, I, I consider it to be a sex toy in and of itself, you know, and I think that although we we met a lot of men that were not willing to, to explore the world of male sex toys, I guess that is one that, that rarely gets brought up as a, as a sexual aid, the idea of, of, of phone chat. Well, I think especially in paid phone sex, uh, you have to keep the consumer in mind in the sense that what type of men call phone sex operators, especially now that we've moved into technology where you can, you know, chat with girls in video and there are ways beyond that. So one thing I think it's important to know about phone sex and the type of men that call it is a lot of times I get older callers that are probably conditioned from, you know, using the phone and phone to connect with women in the past. So it makes it more intimate and it also allows for them to use their imaginations more and dictate the fantasy. So a lot of times what my role is, I call myself a facilitator because I'm facilitating their fantasy. And that doesn't always, you know, a lot of people think, and I thought this going into it, that it was just going to be like me masturbating and coming and and men enjoying that. (laughs) But it isn't, you know, 90% of the time it's uh, a guy has a very, very specific need that needs to be met and you are the person that enacts that or like role plays that with him so uh uh, that kind of leads to a certain demographic that uses phone sex operators and so facilitating their orgasm you know i've heard a lot of men say i haven't come that hard in 20 years or you know you're you know that kind of thought that they can't achieve that on their own so they're searching for somebody to you know, walk them through it and make them feel less shameful about whatever it is they desire or, you know, whatever gets them off. So, um, a side note before I I ask about that achieve it on their alone point, because that's come up a lot in the movie, but, um, you know, using the word DM, I'm quite a nerdy person. And so when I hear the word DM, I rarely think about, um, direct messaging, which is how you were using it. I think about, uh, the term from the game Dungeons and Dragons the the, dun- the dungeon master and as soon as you said DM even though I knew you were referring to um, d- direct messaging in an app or on a phone um, I instantly thought about uh, dungeon masters in um, Dungeons and Dragons which is a role playing game and and the mm-hmm. the way you're describing what a phone sex operator is for anyone that knows Dungeons and Dragons it is almost exactly what you just said it is someone that facilitates this world that you know you may have this imagination to imagine orcs and being a great knight but if there's not someone else there to kind of 
walk you through it. Mm-hmm. Or even mm-hmm. add as as a dungeon master, I have I would not be good at giving someone uh, uh, phone sex, uh, but um, mm-hmm. as a dungeon master, I can say that it's almost it's this element of surprise, which I think is yes. something that in all of the the people that we've talked to and all the people that have said things against. Uh, not uh, men not wanting to buy sex toys or or thinking that sex is just good enough with the way that they do it, you know, you're the first person to bring up the idea of surprise. The idea that the reason mm-hmm. someone else is there is because even an expected element of surprise is such a variable that it, it, it might be exciting. So it, it, talk about this idea. Do you, do you think that, that, you know, do you think it's necessary to get to those places on your own? You talked about shame. You talked about the idea of, of, of not wanting to do it, like elaborate on that. Right. Well, a lot of people that I talk to are into things that create a sense of shame in them. Like I deal with a lot of fetishes, foot fetishes and things like that, or different types of role play scenes. Like I've done some pretty, uh, you know, (laughs) on the line, dirty stuff. So, uh, I think that, that, you know, we, we live in a society where we're so repressed and especially men, I think women a lot of times are told, go out there and get what you want. And, you know, don't be afraid to, to communicate and say it, but men are supposed to be just kind of okay with whatever they get, whatever they're served. And so phone sex is, is probably kind of that in between for, for a lot of men where they think these things, they masturbate to these things, but maybe they don't even articulate it that well to themselves. Uh, and that was one of my biggest surprises as a phone sex operator. I had this thought that men were going to call me and tell me exactly what they were into and kind of set the scene for me. But it turns out that that shame over, you know, overshadows everything. And a lot of times what ends up happening is they give you clues or kind of lead you down a path of a certain type of fetish, a certain type of role play, a certain type of thing that they're into. But you have to, as a phone sex operator, interpret that and know what it means and then lead it and create a scene and be able to change and adapt what you're saying and and the scene that you're doing according to how they're responding to it. And that's very, very complicated. But that's what gets men off. That That's the part of it. Like you said, the surprise, the part that it feels like somebody else is into it themselves. They're not just doing it for you. They're not just, you know, trying to give you what you want. It feels like, although we are, <laughs> but it feels like this is something they're into too. And this is how they think about it. And I think that that's where the surprise adds that extra element of, oomph, you know, is that uh, it contributes as opposed to just regurgitate. So... So I have a two-part follow-up on that. The, the first okay. is, um, do you think that you yourself over the years are able to achieve that same level now without interacting in either phone sex or, or um, dirty talking? And then B, is, is phone sex or uh, erotic chat, is that even uh, masturbation at that point? Or is this another version of sex? Interesting. I, I the first part of your question, I, I'm not sure I interpreted right. Explain it to me in a different so, way. So you were saying that uh, you're able to get these men to to to, they, or they'll admit to you that they're they're orgasming. Right. You're able to get them to these levels that they don't understand. Do you? And you don't have to answer this, but personally, I'll in, anything. <laughs> so in your masturbation life, do you feel as though 
uh, over the years of seeing what stops people from having these fantasies that they want or what stops people from imagining what they're able to imagine, do you feel as though you're able to get yourself to that same masturbation level that you're able to get others to or do you still require sure. outside help and then no. the way that I've never I've never needed outside help to get myself off but that doesn't mean I didn't deal with shame or repression when I was going through it um, for me personally my desire to get off has always been stronger than any type of shame that I felt attached to it but because I do have an understanding of what that shame feels like, I know how to tap into it. I know what it means. And I kind of know how to direct somebody through it uh, in a way that somebody that hasn't dealt with those those types of things. That's probably what makes me a good phone sex, oper phone sex operator is I do have that ability to recognize shame for what it is and get them past it. But I also recognize that shame in itself gets people off and turns people on. Uh, and that's something that I've dealt with a lot doing this and also just writing about it is where does that shame come from and why do we, we attach it to sexual fantasies? And like, I have a, I'll give you an example. I have a couple of, I'm, my family is Jewish. So I'm half Jewish. My dad's family is, and I have a surprising amount of male Jewish callers that have Nazi fantasies. And it really got me curious about what what brings that on and why does it manifest in sexuality as opposed to in other places. And I think it has to do with the fact that because our sexuality tends to be repressed and because what we're into, if we're into something that's taboo, it can, it can bring some embarrassment about it. And the way that you're raised when you are Jewish is the same kind of thing when you talk about Nazis. Like you're never allowed to investigate it deeper than what you're told. They were evil. And they killed us, you know, and that's it. And I think a lot of people need to process things in a different way. And sexuality actually helps you do that by role playing it, by going to that part of your brain that allows you to think about things and do things that in your regular life you may not be able to. It allows you to exercise that shame and kind of get it out and put it somewhere. And I think that that's probably the connection to it. But for me personally, I, I'm, I'm a shameless masturbator. <laughs> I, I've, I've never... Uh, I've never been anything different. I've, I've been masturbating probably since I was about 10 or 11, and uh, I'd say compulsively most of my life. And there was shame about that. But because I dealt with that shame before I was a phone sex operator, it allows me to help men to deal with theirs. So. And then the second part of the question was, you know, because you're able to get to that level, to enjoy your masturbation at its height without any assist from anyone, can we still consider what these men are doing? Is it masturbation or is it at that point sex? I think it's masturbation still. I, I mean, I don't know. This is kind of an interesting question because what is sex in general is such a personal question. And I think, you know, we're all kind of myopic in how we view things. So to me, I always felt like sex is penetration, period. But I found out, not just through doing phone sex, but through talking to people openly about sex, that some people view blowjobs as sex, hand jobs as sex, phone sex as sex. So um, I think that's just the label that somebody chooses to put on it. But really, I, I'm not, there's no contact other than, than you know, the, the verbal. So considering it sex to me is, is too far, but I don't know. Uh, um I guess, I guess I'll, I'll, I know two things about that. One, in, in researching things like this, you know, that line of, of, of blowjobs are sex and, um, and handjobs are sex is a direct line from sex education. Um, that's, a, that's a piece of um, uh, uh, 
people, I hate to use the word after we just use Nazis because I mean it as a good thing. It's part of the propaganda, um, so yeah. I'm using it as a good word, to, to make mm -hmm. people understand that if you get a hand job, there is a slight chance of getting an STI. If you're getting, mm -hmm. if, you're do, if you're doing hand stuff, if you're, if you're fingering each other, you can get an STI, you can get a staph infection. If you're getting a blow job, there's risk of, you know, uh, uh, sure. any, any sort of disease a person has in their mouth. You know, this, this was part of the education for preventing uh, STDs. And I think that that line comes from there. Um, but I sort of, uh, if I, I, I'm not supposed to add personal interjections, but I think that, mm -hmm. you know, the analysis of what sex is, is not necessarily personal, but definitely something you should define with your partners because there is that varying. Sure. It's same with when people use boyfriend and girlfriend so openly. And I'm like, do you, does that person know what you mean by that? Because right, it's right. a, it's a nebulous word. Yeah, I, it's interesting that you bring that up, too, as far as, you know, different ways to define sex. I noticed even on Twitter, I had asked whether or not people consider a blowjob sex. And immediately people went to the kind of cheating line of thought that uh, that I was asking, like, do you owe your partner in that fashion? Is it is it sex? But I just meant it in a basic, similar way. And I thought it was most interesting that that's where people's brains went when they were asked. Is a blowjob sex in relationship to a committed partner doing it with somebody else? Is totally different than asking, is a blowjob sex? But um, that's kind of how we are as people. We wrap all these issues up together with our personal stuff. And sex is a huge one for that, you know. So... Um, that's what leads to the shame, and that's what leads to things like having phone sex calls is people working through that or wanting to get off without judgment. So, Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting issue because what, what, one of the things the, the movie is trying to define is why there is this stigma around male sex toys. And, and I, I don't think it's a secret that the predominant customer for, for phone sex are men. You know, I'm correct in saying right. that. And uh, this idea that I think a lot of people instantly, as soon as we start to define what is masturbation and what is sex, which is the first time, I'm so happy you brought it up because no one else has pointed out like that there is a thin line, not just between sex in terms of what is sexual with other people, but in terms of what is even masturbation, I think instantly right. most people would jump to when talking about phone sex or, or in the context of a phone sex operator, they would say, oh, well, if I caught my partner having phone sex, and, and, you know, and then X, Y, Z, whether right. they right. care or not. I'd like to see people um, look deeper to why they ask questions. Because if you're offended that your partner is using a phone sex operator, rather than be offended or worry that they're cheating, I think the question should be, why? And what can we do within our relationship to develop better communication and you know, be more satisfying to each other you know, sexually and in intimate ways? And if you can't be, then recognizing that sometimes people aren't compatible. And even if you're incompatible, if you're compatible in every other way, if you're incompatible in your sexual fantasies, it will be very difficult for you to have a healthy relationship. So rather than like define something as is masturbation sex, which I've heard people say, anytime that you come with the assistance of another person, that it's sex. And I, I completely disagree with that. I, I just don't think people know how to communicate as well as that they as they should 
especially about sex. And men, going back to what your original point was, men are expected to be virile. They're expected to be able to perform at any time. And, you know, we have a different expectation of them. So a man that needs a sex toy, whether it be a phone sex operator or a you know, pocket pussy or whatever it is, I think is they see themselves and society often sees them as lacking in some way in some virility way, you know, and uh, that's why that there's some shame directly tied to the fact that, yes, I use a sex toy or, yes, I need this to get off. Uh, men aren't supposed to need things to get off. So That's a key word I've always been, I've been, the whole movie I've been pointing out to people, you know, and, and again, uh, we, we, we uh, have been trying to parse the line between men and mostly what I'm focusing on, which is people with penises. Because mm -hmm. I think there is, um, you know, a, a, a gender line there that's not understood by a lot of people because it really is one of the places that it's irrelevant that if you're using a simulation vagina and, you know, you're, or a simulation hole and you're penetrating it, all that matters is that you have a penis, not necessarily whether you're in between genders right, sure. or identify as something else. Mm -hmm. um, the example I wanted to, to float by you in this same way is... Um, that word need is the one that I always point out to people that seems to be the word that, that when people describe men or, or people with penises, they use that word. And it's not used whenever you talk about uh, people about female sex toys, where why can't it just be want? You know, right. there are right. women who buy sex toys because they cannot get off without them, but there probably are the same with men, but more often than not, when the conversation starts, that word need comes up almost instantly. And someone says, oh, if you need that, it's like, well, what, what if I just want that? Right. Well, that's actually indicative to how society views men's sexuality versus female sexuality. And kind of back what we were just talking about, you know, when women are adventurous sexually or when they use sex toys or, you know, people celebrate that. And so it gives this impression that, for women, it's just want. Oh, isn't she cool? Isn't she, you know, sexually awakened? But again, for men, needing a sex toy is somehow a reflection, and I, I don't personally believe this, but it's seen as a reflection of, of a man being weaker or not being in control of his sexuality. But we all know, most people, that men are driven for their need for sex a lot more than women are. And I think that that's where that comes from, that thought. So... Yeah, I, I I'm not I'm not sure that's that's I think the second half of that <coughs> sentence is is definitely uh, up to interpretation, but certainly that is the uh, sure. is everything that. I say is. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, I pointed out in a, in in the documentary itself. Um, I talked to uh, a man who was who's trans, and we were talking about this, and I said he he was talking about all the different. Uh, things to find as men and I was like if you're if that's your definition of what the gender is like I'm not on that team like I <laughs> you know that's not that's not my team even though I look and am phenotypically a man like you can I will I will sit out this round of dodgeball if that's the choices between the two teams um the question I have, the question I, I have. I was going to say, though, real quick, though, what we're talking about here isn't how we personally feel about it because, you know, we, we deal with sexual issues a lot. We talk to people. We tend to be open-minded. What we're talking about is how men view themselves and how society 
paints men, you know, how they, how, uh, how you're expected to be, especially sexually. And, and that's what leads to things like shame. You know, I'm not the same. My needs aren't the same. And a man that's, that can lead to some very deep rooted shame, not to keep using that, but for women, when you want something that isn't considered conventional sexually, uh, then you're seen in a positive light. So it's just, I think it's very much to do with conditioning. Yeah, I, I, I'm, it's a great point that, you know, when we're talking about being more open-minded, it's a great point for you to say, like, you know, what I'm actually talking about is the society, like, what most of society puts on someone right. that calls themselves a man. Right. It's a great point. Right. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not a, a sex expert in any way, but I would say there's a physical thing, too, in terms of demands. You know, women, uh, when, when, you know, when we talk about, a woman in foreplay, a woman is not instantly aroused or if we're going to, you know, we're really going to get into these words now. If a woman isn't wet as soon as, you know, sexual foreplay starts, the man is expected and or the woman is expected, the partner of someone playing with a woman is expected to then arouse them. But the, the same cannot be said for, you know, it would be very unexpected that a man went very long being soft during foreplay. Right. And, exactly. And mm-hmm. I think that that, that that goes beyond whatever opinion you have and turns into a physical fact of expectations of, of the body, of the, exactly. the human the And human expectation of, of gender, expectations, yes. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, this kind of comes back to realizing that men and women's sexuality are just very different and that they're triggered in different ways. And I always describe it the same way. Men tend to be very visual, uh, whereas women, their sexuality begins and ends in their minds. So um, see, but you say that. But but then why don't we see, you know, I know I know women are predominantly more purchasers of uh, fantasy novels and things like that. They're, they're definitely the market for that. That proves that. But then what's your opinion on not seeing women calling phone sex hotlines? I get that question a lot. And it really is very, very rare. And even when it's tried, there is no market for it. Women women want to lead. This is my theory on it. Women want to lead the sexuality conversation about their own sexuality. When you call a call a phone sex operator, you're asking somebody else to interpret it and lead you down that path. And I don't think women are capable of that. Women don't want surprises, you know, in, in sexual fantasy. They want it to be exactly how it is in their head. And when a surprise happens, it risks turning a woman off. I just think it's a different way that it comes down to Men and women just are very different, we're wired very differently when it comes to sex, whether or not that comes from evolution in the sense that what we needed to survive as people, women present and men, you know, interpret. So uh, all an extension of that or it's conditioning or who knows, but either way, uh, it's just a very different thing. When a woman reads an, an erotic novel, like there's points, I've done this a million, well, not a million times, but I've done this several times where, <laughs> right, where I'm reading You're good, book, you're not that good. <laughs> right. Well, where I'm reading an erotic book and it takes a left turn and I just can't finish it. It's turned me off. It's done. And I think men just have an easier time looking past that. Maybe that's why. But um, phone sex is not not something that women seek out. And even when it's attempted to market towards them, except for lesbians, it does not, it doesn't translate. So. So I want to, I want to float back to, uh, to, to sort of close our conversation about this idea of, of masturbation versus sex, because it's, it it is, it is quite a fascinating point. And, And you are probably, in my opinion, not just the expert, 
but possibly the only person that is going to be able to at the same, you know, at the same time, understand the forest, but not be able to see the forest through the trees, if that analogy makes any sense, sure. because you're, you're mm -hmm. deep in it. But at the same point, it's hard for you to see from a third person. Um, you know, the example I always give people is a, a friend of mine said that she had a friend who was into bondage. I don't remember whether the, it was male or female, but the, she, my friend, said that the person asked her to, to spank this person and to like hit them a little. And I, and I, and I said, oh, so like you, 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 are you like sleeping with this person? And, she, and she responded saying very quickly, like, no, like it wasn't sexual for me at all. And I was like, oh, but you get that. Like it was for that person. Like, mm -hmm. you know, and that's that until I've considered phone sex right now, or, you know, or in the, the, uh, the process of, of, of wanting you to speak on the movie, um, I never considered that as a better example, but my example until then was who what was that masturbation or sex? Because clearly his version or her version, the person she was hitting's version of sex, the slave as it's called in BDSM, um, right. he, the, the slave, that is their version of sex. Their yes, version of sex mm -hmm. is, ge is getting hit. But for right. my friend, it was not her version of getting, of having sex. So one person was having sex and the other person wasn't. So right. Right. What, how can you sort of interpret that story in terms of you helping other people in terms of is it sex or masturbation or is it just what some people call, I guess, marital AIDS, you know, even though it's not right. marital right. all the time? Well, I think, uh, first of all, uh, it's a complicated question. But when you're in a relationship first, let's talk about, it's very, very important that there's an open communication about these types of things. And I think that there should be an expectation of, you know, honesty and, and just very real talk. But when you're talking about role playing and doing different scenes, whether it be phone sex or a dominatrix, you know, most dominatrix do not have sex with their clients and most of their clients do not desire sex from them kind of like what you're talking about what they're getting off on it is sexual but it's more than just sexual it's a psychosexual process uh it's attached to that um deep-rooted feeling of whatever it is gets them off so defining that as whether or not it's sex for you but isn't sex for them i, I don't really think matters i think as long as it's consensual and and you recognize like your friend she recognizes that she's giving someone of release and is that release masturbation or sex isn't really important to me and I get what you mean in that that this is kind of what this documentary is is what is masturbation what is sex but I personally just don't look at it like that I, I think we put too many labels on things and it stands in the way of us being able to achieve our own release and our own you know sexual freedom so I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I absolutely think that that's what, you know, obviously I don't try and add opinions, but I think that's what the movie sort of ultimately lands on, which is that it is the labels that cause issues. It is. It is. And mm -hmm. I, I think that you, I mean, in terms of even experimentation, we, we've, we've, we've talked about those things before. Um, I guess a, gr a great way to close it is how did you discover that that this one-on-one -on -one interaction was better than erotic novels or what was your process in figuring this out either for yourself sexually or for others sexually as far as like giving people the release or 
Uh, one than the other. So you, you, first I would love to hear your experience in figuring out that erotic chat, whether it be on the phone or, or in, in messaging was something that worked for you. Mm-hmm. And then how you discovered that, you know, not, not getting into the industry, but how you discovered that, that it, you know, your first experiences getting good at it on the phone. Hmm. Um, gosh, I'm not sure I really understand what you're asking. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> yeah, a, I want to be a, very eloquent, especially to close it with, but no, it's good. Um, if uh, we're talking about, go ahead. What was your, what was your first experience figuring out that you enjoyed erotic chat and, and phone sex itself as opposed to just reading, you know, fantasy novels? Well, I mean, I've been married for a while, you know, so my husband and I have been you know, different experimentation for our entire relationship, including having phone sex or, you know, dirty, dirty messages, you know, any kind of charge. But I personally get off on turning people on. So when I found out like through DMs or through phone sex, I'm even when, and this goes back to what you were just talking about, even when I'm not getting off on the same thing that the person I'm interacting with is getting off on, I'm still getting off on the fact that they're getting off for me or with me, you know, and I think that once I attached to that idea and that I realized that when you take down the veil of face to face, you know, when you're on the phone, when you're in messages, it allows men and anybody really to open up to a degree that is really hard sometimes in the intimacy of a face to face relationship. And that makes it dirtier and more honest and hotter. So would you consider your relationship with your husband to be polyamorous then? No, I only love him, <laughs> but... Um, well, then, uh, rather, let's say, um, is it an open relationship because you do get off on these conversations? Interesting that you ask that, and that goes back to is masturbation sex. I, I do not consider our relationship open. I haven't been with another man since I've been with him, but we do sleep with women, uh, usually together, although in the beginning part of our relationship, I would say it was open on his end, but not mine. And that gets interpreted weird. It, it's That has to do with desire, not like rules. I, I don't have a desire to sleep with other men, but he has had a desire to sleep with other women. So that was the standard we set together. Now, as far as everything that I do now, uh, everything enhances my relationship with him because I talk to him about it. It becomes about my sexuality and regardless of what I'm going through with a client or with somebody that I'm talking to, it leads to more open dialogue between us about sexuality and what we want and what we're willing to try. So, and there's a lot of things we've tried that we may not have. If I wasn't a phone sex operator, I don't know that I would have ever thought of it. So (laughs) uh, it's an aid to my sex life. So, you know, outsource outsourcing fantasies and ideas is is definitely a great, great idea um you know and 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 closing sort of remarks here the the idea that you know masturbation and things like that or with relationships from afar and times that you're you know apart is definitely very complicated so it's so interesting Mm -hmm. to hear your take on you know the idea that uh, this is not just a tool for your fantasies and, and your eroticism but the fact that Hey, there are times in every relationship when you're not together. Yeah. Well, and ultimately I do this because I want to help people, you know, and I want to help men. And, and that's the thing is like, yes, I'm a very sexual person and I get off on dirty, 
dirty things. And I get off on people telling me their dirty things, even if it's not my thing. But ultimately, what attracts me to doing this and what attracts me to talking about sex is that we all seem to have this common link of, like you said earlier, the, the labels getting in the way of freedom to, to, to even get into our own brains and think about what we're into, why we're into it, why we want to do it. And with phone sex, a lot of my job is making men feel better about the things that they're into. So to just kind of, I think of it as like sex therapy sometimes, as opposed to uh, just a sexual act. I think so. that's, I think those are great closing remarks. Thank you so much, Chloe. <laughs> Absolutely, anytime. And because this is going out on the audio commentary, um, I'd love to, to plug everything you do because it's super cool. Well, thank you. Well, um, you can find my podcast on iTunes. It's Talk Dirty with Chloe Love. Uh, it's also on my website, chloelove.com. And if you page back on my website, you can find all my initial blog posts that I wrote about becoming a phone sex operator and some of my callers that I've talked to uh, through the year and a half that I was doing the job. So... And check me out there also on Twitter, Chloe Love underscore PSO. PSO for phone sex operator, which I yes. <laughs> didn't even in going through all your stuff until I read the about section was like, oh, I'm stupid. You know what's funny is I guess there's a game. Like a lot of gamers follow me and I'm not a gamer personally. So I guess a lot of people thought I was into some game that is PSO. And didn't well, that, realize that well, that's their excuse. Sex <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I didn't even know that existed. So there was some confusion initially. But yeah, it stands for phone sex operator. So. Thank you so much, Chloe. I'm going to stop the recording.